let's talk about hit and run accidents and how you can help folks out there. John Price. Well, you know, during this time of year, we 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 see an increase in hit and runs. Um, just like we see an increase in drunk driving accidents and that sort of thing. Now, you are know, the, the two correlated? Right. Because I'm thinking if you're a little drunk, you I know you shouldn't so. be driving. You hit a car at a light or you back into you a panic. pedestrian. You panic because, you know, if you uh, you blow into that little tube, things aren't going to go your way. I don't have the empirical data right before me to support a conclusion that it is interrelated, but common sense tells you that it is. And I've seen many cases where once they do catch the hit and run, um, very often from shortly after seeing the accident, there is uh, does appear to be alcohol or or other drug ingestion involved. So, um, yeah, it's not unusual to least bit. But very often, also what we see is uh, people who just simply don't have insurance or maybe they know they have an outstanding warrant. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe they don't have a driver's license uh, and all of that sort of stuff, too. Or maybe just, heck, they just see a chance to make a break for it and not have to deal with it all. But, well, uh, I think a but, lot of people in those situations wouldn't normally do something like that. I think they're just overcome with fear and panic for right. you know, many reasons, as you mentioned. They're, you know, I'm not supposed to even be driving right now, or mm-hmm. if they run my name, I've yeah. got, I forgot and, to pay child support or something like that. And, of course, lots of times there's very serious injuries involved, which makes it a felony to do so, to do something like that, to leave a scene of a, pers- a personal injury with uh, uh, rendering aid or giving information. So uh, it's, it's it's got its criminal penalties out there too. But you know we talked about hit and runs a lot during the course of the year, and, and that John Price Law Firm we handle a, a lot of hit and runs as far as representing victims of hit and runs. But a, uh, a an appellate court case uh, case just came out with the South Carolina Court of Appeals, uh, and um, in which judgment was reversed. But what happened was this guy named Willie, the plaintiff, he was uh, in a parking lot, and he's going uh, of a of a kind of shopping center sort of thing. Be right here, uh, right here, in the same center that y'all are at. Yeah, first South Windermere, for yeah, example. Exactly. For example, he's but he's going, he's going, he's coming down the parking lot. And he's talking on his cell phone, and this woman backs into him, knocks him to the pavement, actually goes over him, and when she gets out of the car, he's he's up underneath the bumper on the pavement, of course, between the car and the and the, and the pavement, and when she comes out, she sees him, she yells at him. And this is what the court quotes, them damn telephones will get you killed. And she got right back in her car and left the scene. Well, he gets up and gets in his vehicle. And wow. Tries, <laughs> he gets up from his vehicle. He gets up and gets in his car and tries to <coughs> locate her so he can identify the vehicle. It's under state statute. You know, you are under a reasonable a duty under circumstances to, to do your best. And, you know, it's reasonable to try and identify a hit and run vehicle if at all that you can. He rides around the area for about twenty minutes. Uh, can't find the vehicle. He comes back to the scene, and uh, he's at, and he asks some witnesses around the area. Gets a few witnesses, but he also goes into a local business, which I understand off the record from turns out to be a liquor store. <laughs> it's not that the the court doesn't say it's a liquor store in the uh, in the opinion. They just say one of the businesses there in the, in the area in the in the center. But um, from my understanding, from some of my buddies who know the lawyers, it was a it was a liquor store. But well, a little the, inside uh, shop talk with the but, but the liquor store operator says yes says. Uh, you know that, that I, we 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 know we know that person. Our video got a shot of that person in their car. Our video, we we you know it shows the person in the vehicle, and she does come here. I guess he or she does come here uh, frequently. It was a female Jane? It was a Jane Doe action, I suppose, a John Doe. But I'd make a long story short. <laughs> he ends up the next day going to the hospital because because you know it's that classic delayed onset of sentimentology. You know, so many people in the accident is. The pain doesn't show up until very often until 48 to 72 hours well, later. Let's stop there. So, okay. that, let's stop right. there because that, that, that can happen in a multitude of situations. And I've talked to people. Any kind of accident. Hey, right. nothing's wrong. I feel fine. A few days later, you know, it's sort of like, holy crap, I, I need to get this checked out. What's your advice? You get in a situation like that. Do you wait for the pain or do you just get checked out right away just to be sure? You know, 
um, I, I don't want to give a broad blanket legal advice. It's what people deem to be reasonable and necessary under circumstances. But obviously, when you start getting a noticeable onset of painful symptomatology immediately after an accident, whether it be 24 hours, whether it be right at the scene, 24 hours or 48 hours, it's advisable. I think even your mother would say, son, go to the doctor, please. You got your mother worried. You know, so. Did you have uh, clean underwear? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And, um, but anyway, he, he, so what he did was he goes to the hospital the next day, and the nurses there tell him, like, you know, you need to call the police and report this thing, you know, hit and run like that. So, which he did. But he told the police that he didn't really want to prosecute anybody. And, of course, now we get this difference between criminal prosecution and in a civil prosecution. But to make a long story short, the police, they took the report and stuff. They didn't really follow up too much on the investigation. And so the insurance, his insurance company didn't like that fact when he went to file an uninsured claim. They said, well, hey, you know, you had the police there. You, sh- you didn't really do a, a great job of investigating this thing. But to make a long story short, the, the you know, our higher court said, that's enough for the case to go to the jury for them to decide whether or not he did enough, whether or not he's got a John Doe claim, because he, he did enough under our statute to fit that requirement to have the legal basis to bring a claim, which was to report a, uh, a case of hit and run to the to the police, you know, uh, as, as immediately thereafter as you can. And uh, which they found he's, you know, they, and they also found that the efforts that he took afterwards, why it may not have been, you know, a Columbo uh you know, one more thing. You're right. One I mean, more. am I bothering you? Know, you? Where but, were you? Where were you the night of I mean, but and once he got, and once he got the video, and found they had one. You know, he he informed the police of that and so forth. So, you know, they they say that he did enough. You got to do um, basically. You have to do your due diligence. Right. And uh, what what's some advice for folks who may get caught up in this situation? I mean, you may be in a parking lot. Uh, over the holidays, returning that ugly sweater because there aren't any more ugly sweater parties and somebody backs <laughs> into you and takes off. I mean, that's going to be uh, something that's probably going to happen a lot, too, where you're talking more about some minor or well, uh, you know, yeah. medium damage to a vehicle versus actually hitting a pedestrian. Right. Yeah, and we've already spent a good deal of time talking about this one particular case. Um, but, you know, you have differences. There's different levels. There's different requirements involved for different facts and circumstances of a hit-and-run case. In this situation here, there was contact between him and the vehicle. Um, some of the more difficult pedestrian cases I've had is where a pedestrian sees a, you know, a, a driver come up onto the sidewalk, you know, of the, of the, you know, downtown Charleston or something, and the pedestrian jumps out the way to avoid being hit. There's actually no contact. Um, but whenever the pedestrian jumps out the way and <laughs> hits the asphalt face first, there's, there's injuries. Right. Um, uh, but you, ha- in those situations, you have to have witnesses, you know, um, uh, who are not interested in the case to show, uh, that it actually occurred. And then you also have to, uh, in a case, in this case here, though, there was contact. The insurance company also, um, you know, raised the beef about the fact that he didn't have any witnesses and sworn statements and so forth. Uh, but the Supreme Court said, look, there was contact. You know, the vehicle made contact with him. It's and like, so, Van, it's like Van Halen said, John. Right. What'd he say? Contact is all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> to change your life, to lose your place in time. That's the one Van Halen song I never have heard of. That's, that's one Jesse B would like because it was a, a Hagar thing. Yeah, Hagar used to be lead singer for Montrose before he that's went right. into That's right. That's right. He was on that classic Montrose. And then he, he was a hell of a solo oh. artist. Yeah, yeah, he had some good history. Do you know that uh, the Red Rocker uh, <laughs> actually uh, cut a liner for this show a long time ago? What did he say? He was driving 55 or what? Uh, no, I'll, I'll play it for you right now. <laughs> Hey, it's the Red Rocker Sammy Hagar here, and you are rocking with Box. You can't touch my free life, Box. <laughs> Come on, Box. You want a box, Box? I'll whip your ass, fool. <laughs> See? And, and then if at any time the temperature is 55. 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55! 55!
So there you go. But yeah, I like Sammy Hagar. But if I have to pick one, it's it's Diamond Dave all the way. Yes. Where where do you stand on the Great Van Halen debate? Everybody's got a side. Whether it be Roth or Hager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hager. I'd love to see Hagar. Excuse me. Them to offend your sensibilities. What do you think uh, of Von Holland? <laughs> you know, I like them both. Uh, I would just love to see them both on stage singing, never, singing the original tunes, which yeah. I think that's the way you leave with lead singers. You know, you just always prefer the lead singer of the original hit. But, uh, sure. you know, but they both brought something to the table. Uh, Roth was more of a... I don't know. I want to use the word silliness. I had more respect for him than that. But, uh, you know, he had that little He was a showman. He was a real, you know, yeah. I think. Hager uh, was a little more, a little more manly man on the stage. And, and a you great know, singer. Rock and a great singer. And plays too. guitar and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their version yeah. of uh, There's Only One Way to Rock. You know, Sammy Hagar with Van Halen. Like them both. All right. But, you know, there's one constant in that Van Halen band. Eddie. <laughs> It's that guy playing that guitar. Uh, that's right. Um, <laughs> Back well, in the days when men were men and guitars were guitars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Real days of rock and roll. Real days of rock and roll. Hey, uh, John Price, <laughs> uh, you sound very uh, well awake and ready to serve the uh, greater Charleston area. If uh, folks need your help, how can they reach you? Uh, feel free to call us at uh, 843-552-6011 or 1-800-868-HELP. Or you can go to our website, johnpricelawfirm.com, and there's a way you can just email us directly right from there. All All the contact information is at johnpricelawfirm.com, my friend.